Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Developing Communities, the DevRel podcast. In this episode, I get to sit down with Julien Legrand Lebert. We not only talk about Julien's experience and journey to DevRel, but we also get to tackle some pretty complex and difficult topics. For example, the responsibility that we have in DevRel to help climate change, how we can influence developers around the world to implement better practices, and also what we can do ourselves to reduce our own footprints. It's a very interesting conversation. I do hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did filming it. We're here with a great guest today, and uh, this time we're not tuning in from Paris. We're actually both tuning in from the from the Netherlands. Not that it makes any difference in uh, the virtual world that we work in today, but I'm here with uh, Julien Lagrand Lebeur. Um, we spent a few seconds trying to get the name right, so I'm not sure how I did. But uh, <laughs> Julien, welcome, uh, welcome to the to the to the show. Yeah, thank you very much. That's nice to. I didn't know you would be in the Netherlands, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's yeah. I mean, Utrecht. I think we're in the same town. Are you in Utrecht? Yeah, I'm, I'm five kilometers away from it, so it's, it's yeah, it's not far. You know, it might end up being that we're in the same building, but <laughs> <laughs> who knows? That'd be my house. That'd be weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> that would be weird. Well, well, it's great to have you here, and uh, well, you know, I've uh, I've kind of been. Hearing a bit about you, actually seen some of your, your talks. So we've got some really interesting topics to cover. Um, but why don't we start your, you know, when we're kind of having an introduction call, we discussed that uh, you're, you're fairly new to being paid for DevRel, but you've been doing DevRel for, uh, for, for many years. So why don't you start with uh, how you got into this, this crazy world, your, your journey into DevRel and advocacy? Yeah, that's, uh, I think that's actually a great question. <laughs> um, so officially, I've been a developer for six months. I joined Adyen back in August. Um, I have been, I didn't know DevRel existed until two years ago, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, but my whole career, so I've, I've, I'm coming out of an engineering school in France. And my whole career, I was like, I'm, I'm not that good of a developer, if I may say it like that. Like, I'm not the most technical dev person, but I also... I can I can do with humans and I do like it as well. So my whole career I've been on and off in a technical role, but also doing things on the side. I took a little bit of sales, maybe some trainings. Uh, I was doing more like a bit of marketing. Worked a lot in startups where I had to do many things. And for me, there was always this connection of you know humans together with tech somehow. <laughs> Um, and I've been involved in meetups for a very long time, more than 10 years. Like some of the meetups I run are almost 10 years old now. And um, I was organizing a lot of things. And one day I had Trisha G over um, for a meetup. And she was like, do you know what you're doing? It's called developer relations. And I was like, what's that? <laughs> um, and that's kind of how it started. It started looking around, Googling it around. Um, and based on, yeah, that was... I think three years ago, and I really started. Okay, that's actually something that I want to be doing. Then let's let's go and find a way. And and here we are. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's uh, it's interesting that that comes up a lot. That you know, until people kind of found out about DevRel, no, no one, no one knew uh, knew that it existed a couple of years uh, before before this. What? What was it about? Why 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 were you getting into like the the meetup side of things? What was it about? You mentioned this human connection with with tech. 
what what drew you into into that specific kind of area of organizing these meetups and getting people together and and sharing it what was about that that kind of really triggered it for you <laughs> um so it's it's let me think about how how I'm going to present that. I I've, I've always uh, <laughs> I've always worked in startups. Uh, so up, up to 5 years ago I was always in small companies. So it's worth no I have never been to a big conference before. Uh had never been to, you know, like whatever name React on QCon uh, all of those things I've never done. I had never done. Uh, and I still I'm not a big fan of the conferences myself like i'm an extreme introvert which is always weird but it's kind of very generalized in devrel if you ask people um but i really like for me it's magical how developers are able to explain something and it just creates so much energy in the room like for that's really that that draws me like when when you have we're we have this magical luck of being paid to solve problems with tools like we're basically being paid to to solve puzzles every day and we have one of the few communities somehow who are ready to go home and have a quick dinner to actually go back to their computer and keep learning stuff and doing stuff and it's it's not you can't find that everywhere and with meetups if you put people in a room and that's what i really liked and i kept doing it you get people that that meet because they have the same interest and you have this one person who just shares what she likes or they like, and it just energizes 60 other people. And everybody goes home and they're like, oh, I really want to try that stuff now. And that, 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 that's what draws me to, to meetups. I just love organizing them because you have those people that just share stuff and everybody's excited about it. That, that's really what there is. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's, it's, it's an awesome feeling when people, people get excited together amongst it. It's a huge sense of community. But I'm going to want to hone in on uh, on one area that you said there. You you mentioned that you're an extreme introvert, um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which is which is I think that's really interesting. I think that anyone that kind of looks at DevRel from the outside, let's say that you know they've just found out about it, and you're looking maybe this is for me. You'll see a huge list of extreme extroverts, <laughs> myself probably included. Extroverts. <laughs> All right, extroverts, you know. Yeah. So, you know, but it it doesn't have to be. Were you was that hesitation for you to get into to DevRel because, uh, you know, it was this change, or is it was it just something that you're you're so passionate about that kind right. of didn't matter? Well, th- there is a few. So first of all, there is um there is this book uh, which I um I I read uh, from Rertjan Willinga, I think he's head of DevRel at uh, at Ezul. And he has interviews from developer advocates. Like, and you have from all backgrounds. You have education. You have, you know, Venkat, of course, Josh Long. But you have um, a lot of people. Trisha G's in there, and you'd be surprised the amount of people that say they're introverts. <laughs> um, and I, I wrote a blog post about it. Um, I just mentioned that I was never going to conference. To me, the the idea of going to a room with two thousand people and just being next to strangers is like really uncomfortable. Like I never pretty much speak to people without a reason. <laughs> and when I did my first conference in two thousand nineteen, what I realized somehow is speaking at a conference is perfect if you're an introvert. First of all, because you get the chance to prepare the topic you're going to talk about. So you're playing your strength. Like you have the chance, you know that you're going to know more than many people in the room. So that makes it easier, first of all. And second, if you speak in front of an audience, 
you don't have this, I kind of have to make social connection because people come to you, right? People come to you to discuss, oh, that was great. Oh, I have done that with this. And then, and then you just start making connection just because you were on stage and talked about something. And on top of that, you also have this uh, speaker feeling. Like when, when you're a speaker at a conference, you have this speaker room and everybody has to go through that stress of having to go on stage and everybody's preparing their slide. And so you have this little room where people have going, are going through the same experience and it kind of creates bonding as well. So for me as an introvert who would spend my whole life in my house if I could, pretty much, <laughs> really, um, going to a conference as a speaker is a much better experience than uh, going to uh, as as an attendee, um, and I, I do uh, I do I do advise a lot of people like if if people are they are scared of you know making connections and they find it difficult, then going to a conference as a speaker is actually a great way some strangely to to make new friends. That's that's really interesting, and I wouldn't have thought about it like that. I've been an extrovert uh, my whole life, and one of the reasons why I was kind of attracted to to uh, advocacy or kind of, kind of it was that uh, I transitioned from a startup and I loved kind of meeting people and speaking to people. And I thought, oh, this is going to be great. But the way that you describe it is, uh, is so different to, to my thoughts. <laughs> and I think that's, but I think that's really important for people to, to hear that and know that you don't have to be this, uh, you know, this crazy extroverted person to, to work in DevRel. I think just, it's, 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 it's worth taking a, like a, this extrovert introvert definition is always a little fuzzy. Like, you know, uh, if you ask people, they all tell me that I'm an extrovert. I think it's a lot about, just want to take a step back. It's a lot about feelings. Like if you let, if you give me a choice, I will be home. I'm not a person that goes to nightclub. I don't really like large audience, uh, this kind of stuff. So it's more a, my typical comfortable place is a cocoon a library where there's not many people. Um, so that, that's what I call introvert. Uh, but yeah, of course, there's various ranges and everybody feels different about that stuff. So, Yeah, well, I mean, I think the, the, the definition that really resonates with me is do other people give you energy or take energy? So for me, I get energy from other people and I'm kind of drained when I'm by myself. I imagine for you, it's probably uh, the opposite. Yeah, um, exactly. Well, if you it, go by that definition, then um, I'm definitely an introvert, yes. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't present on stage, that you don't want to meet people. It just means that it takes energy. Exactly. Um, yeah. I'm no, going to have this podcast and it's going to take me two hours to recover. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you doing it. <laughs> yeah, it's been great. So one other thing that I kind of want to 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 weigh in a little bit more on on this podcast because uh, I recently watched a presentation that, that you did about uh, environmental impacts mm. um, from developers. And obviously, DevRel is a huge, huge por portion of that. So for, for the listeners, um, maybe could you give a, a quick kind of high level, uh, you know, kind of covering of maybe just the, the topic that you covered so that, and I kind of want to go into this from a DevRel perspective and what we can do do this but I, I found that talk uh so fascinating and uh, a little bit scary uh, to be honest <laughs> so but i'd be wondering uh, would that be okay for you to kind of give a, a you know a, a couple of minutes on just w what you discussed on that so we can sure hone into that a little bit yeah we um so i it's difficult to talk about climate without sounding very pessimistic and negative 
so I'm, I'm trying to stay on the positive side of things and what we can do. Um, and I'll be very honest the, 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 I started thinking more and more about, you know, the world we live in and, and where it's going when I got kids. Right. And when you, um, you know, when, when you see the predictions of, of, of scientists and, and for you, it's probably fine. You might, you might feel it, but again, as developers, we are part of the higher middle class, I guess, most of us. So it's, it's less of a problem that if I was living in Kenya, for example, but then you start thinking about the longer term when you have kids <laughs> and that becomes a bit more of a problem. Um, and they, so for me, there's a lot of things. Uh, as, as developers, we have the luxury to be able to choose the lifestyle we're in. Um, you know, it, it might not be the same for everyone. And we are also typically the most wasteful. Um, and I, I mean, I can throw out statistics and it's not the point, but Basically, roughly speaking, if you make over 35,000 bucks a, a year, then, then you're, you're part of the 10% richest part of the population on Earth, right? And not specifically the same 10%, but the richest 10% on Earth is actually responsible for about half of the emissions globally, right? Um, and first of all, developers, but even more DevRails, we are usually extremely liberal or traveling to the US or to Japan to, to attend a meetup, just an example. <laughs> uh, and the, the footprint of, you know, of, of me, I'll, I mean, I, start, I started with me, right? I had a footprint that was just over twice the typical developer, the, the typical Dutch person, which was the, the Dutch person is already huge, right? We're talking about around 10 cubic meters of CO2 a year. When the goal in about 25 years is, two tons, <laughs> I was at like 17 something. So I started just looking into, okay, but what am I doing, right? It's nice to say what the big corporations are screwing up, but I'm the one buying. Um, I'm the one, you know, working there. I'm the one doing all that stuff. So let's start with me first and then see where we can go. And um, yeah, a very short, I'm a developer advocate and I almost don't travel. Um, I, I, you know, I was very strong during my interviews. I will not want to travel and some people are, and I, I'm not judging by the way. It's just, it's very personal, uh, I don't know how the, the English word is. It's a very personal project for me, but yeah, I've decided, okay, I will take the train. You know, I will go to events a lot, but I will take the train. I'll take to North fly and I'll try to also reduce meat because if you look at your emissions, then, you know, travel, um, meat and heating are the three top. Uh, offenders. Um, so that's where I'm going. So <laughs> situation today is I have a, a 200 square meter uh, garden and I'm growing my own food with my kids. Wow. Uh, which, <laughs> uh, let's see how that goes. Uh, last year was actually nice. We, I, I've, I've, I was able to feed my eight month old, pretty much eight month, you know, from birth to over a year with, with the garden. That was nice. Um, also not flying. So and, and I'm trying to raise awareness. Like my, my goal is not to say we're all going to die and, and you know, you're, you're bad if you're flying all over the world. But try to think about it. Do you have to go to QCon New York if you live in Amsterdam? There is QCon London and you can take the train in four hours. Is the experience going to be massively different? Um, and you know, think about what you're doing, basically. That's, that's yeah. what I'm trying to get at. You know, it was a very... Uh... It was a very personal experience for me watching that talk too. Not that I felt attacked, but I certainly felt very guilty 
you know, going through that because there's decisions that we make. I am in charge of what conferences to apply for, essentially, at, at Kit Guardian, where I work. I, we have a big list of CFPs, and we look at them. And I kind of go, oh, Brazil, that seems like an interesting thing. Ah, <laughs> I haven't been there yet. <laughs> I haven't been there yet. Yeah, free holiday. Um, it was quite a bit. And then kind of seeing this and the kind of understanding the environmental impact that DevRel can have and then thinking to myself, is it really necessary that we do all this travel? And, uh, well, you're, you know, you're it, really touching the subject that I, that, I, that I was trying to get at. You not only have your own footprint, but if you start thinking about your own footprint, that you see that you actually do have power in your company. And I am not saying you shouldn't go to Brazil, but maybe, but maybe you can have a developer advocate for South America. And then all of a sudden, you know, transatlantic flights are, are, are a thing of the past, especially with COVID. We're doing a podcast now. We have never met. Um, you know, a lot of things are possible. And I'm not saying, you know, everybody says and everybody knows that the hallway tracks is where the real shit happens. But um, I think you can reproduce a lot of that by having localized DevRel rather than, yeah, I think sustainable DevRel is definitely achievable. I think, I mean, I definitely think so. And and, and it's particularly in Europe. I mean, I catch the train every week uh, to Paris and uh, I love I love that experience. Even though it takes longer than flying, I think the whole experience is so much better because you step in in the middle of the city and you get off in the middle of the city. You know, like you don't have to catch a taxi and it's not horrible <laughs> with security. There's a bar in the train. That's nice. <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, yeah, I think and it's, it's really... It's important to say it's really not about like for me. I'm really trying to not judge people, and I'm not claiming I'm perfect. I just bought I just bought the latest MacBook Pro. Um, I, I, we're not perfect. We all have flaws, but it starts at home. Try to look into it and and have to look at the big wins. You know, um, uh, because you you can I I can tell you physically speaking, literally within six months, you can halve your CO two emissions easily. Um, by by doing one or two things, um, and then it doesn't it don't have to be painful for me. Not traveling is not that painful actually if you look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I totally agree. One of the things that really stood out in the presentation was you had this uh, terrifying slide uh, where a trip to San Francisco was I think uh, you know entire years CO two emissions or something along those that like it, like that is uh insane because you know you would do that and then of course you can tick the little conscience box down the bottom of offset my uh, co2 but if you actually look into uh what it, what is happening with that there there's uh there's very there's a lot of evidence that that actually does nothing <laughs> well <laughs> <And> about... <laughs> it's it's better than nothing and um also want to like not divert but there is, we're talking a lot about CO2 right now. It's definitely not the only problems, right? I mean, uh, there's many more problems that uh, we can talk about, like, you know, uh, biodiversity and, and many other things. Uh, CO2 is the easiest to quantify, I guess, to a certain extent. Um, it is a good start to compensate. It is much better to reduce by far. Absolutely. We had a, we had a guest, uh, a, a developer advocate from, uh, from Microsoft, on the show and he was actually talking about uh, some of, of you know some of the changes that we can make uh, you know, as large companies for instance he was incredibly passionate about putting data centers 
uh, in the sea underwater. Right, because yeah. the uh, the emissions that they uh, offput, you know, because of less free heating, free cooling, yeah, uh, yeah. coming from that, they're much more efficient, and the equipment lasts longer. So that you know, there are things that we can do because the reality is that not just DevRel, but also engineering and what we are doing uh, and how we are kind of moving, even blockchain technology is very. I was trying not to mention it. <laughs> I was trying to stay away. <laughs> yeah. So first of all, I, I like what you're saying. There's a lot of things we can do as developers. Uh, I'll take another example. Um, you know, you start off, you have a small project to do. You're going to do a demo uh, application, whatever that's going to be used by by a few hundred people. Um, do you have to fire up React all of a sudden? Do you have to you know start bundling 600k of of data before you even start your project? It starts like there's a lot of technical stuff we can do to improve. Now, we're techies, and we like to think of problems in terms of solutions, technical solutions. And that's what I try to get away from with my talk, because having those technical solutions in place, they are nice. They are making much more impact, so they're extremely important. I don't want to downplay them. But if you don't have a personal uh, uh, um, story as well, and if you're home and you're still driving your Tesla and buying the latest Mac every year and then flying every, every other week, to the US because you're a devil, then it's also nice to do what you preach, basically. Um, it starts home, I think. Um, and then it expands. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, we've talked about this in other areas of DevRel, you know, the fact that of diversity in, in advocates is extremely important because you need to be able to relate to the person on stage if you're, you know, a, a woman of color that, that has, doesn't know if they can be an engineer because all you see is white dudes everywhere. You know, it's really important to have some diversity on there. And DevRel has that power in other areas as well. And we have the opportunity to speak at conferences uh, about, um, you know, about these interesting topics, which you obviously have. And, and hopefully the, the conversation expands from this. It's, you know, as, as uncomfortable as it is because, you know, we have you know, a lot of people get into DevRel because of the, the travel and the, the luxury of it. Um, so it can be a bit of a, a hard mirror to hold up uh, and do it, but I think it's it's really important that we we push ourselves to have these personal, um, you know, the, these these personal passionates and personal personal ethics um, that we go by. And I think a great place to start is just by saying, okay, let's start by uh, localizing uh, our conferences, and not only does that uh, reduce our carbon footprint, it also gives opportunity outside of just San Francisco. I was going to say that I really like that you touched upon diversity. One of the things that I'm really, really liked, I've held a lot of meetups. I Surprisingly, a lot of the work that led to me becoming a DevRel happened during COVID. Because um, I started online meetups, I started meetups at the office, but then I kept going online. And what I realized is doing online is, of course, by no means as the same as meeting in person. I'm not even trying to compare. But what is nice is you're diversifying your audience quite diversifying your audience quite a lot. And I realized that at our meetups, we had a lot of people from Asia. We had a lot of people from India. We had people from Africa. And localizing your devil efforts, but also going online, um, is also doing, in my opinion, quite a bit for diversity. It's helping giving, giving access to other people and creating opportunities outside of San Francisco or the big hubs on Amsterdam. And I, I do like that aspect as, as well. I think Google did an incredible job 
recently when they created these incredibly in-depth courses, I think on Coursera, I think it's a platform, where you can you have the opportunity to get it for free if you need it for free. And they've basically said that these courses, you complete an entire course because there's lots of little subjects in there, uh, that Google will consider, consider it equivalent to a university degree. And I really like that because uh, you know we're privileged in in Europe that we can become a doctor or a PhD or an engineer for free from, but we're not we're we're the exception, not the rule around the world. And there is a lot of people that cannot that just simply cannot go to university. And so I think like doing things like that is really important. And as Dev Dev Rails, I mean we have direct impact into the content that we create uh, often for free. Often with a with a tagline from a company, but still for free uh, to be able to create that. And I, I, my hope is that we will see a big shift in in diversity and uh, and not just diversity, but also in the other areas. Oh, I think it's know, already from- it's already happening to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Like if I look at the, I I might live in a bubble, uh, but I feel like we're getting we're seeing much like still always more and more talents coming from people that started with a Twitter account and, you know, not having access, not being in part of the worlds that we, where, where the opportunities are not the same. And then just by being visible and by creating content that is being seen, you see them becoming DevRails. I mean, there's crazy amounts of talent in Nigeria, for example, just to name one, one place that I really like uh, and follow. Uh, and, and those people are, you know, starting from scratch, bootstrapping it and, they, and they're rocking it. And, and I freaking love it. Yeah. There's a lot to learn from it. Yeah, actually, uh, I'm, I'm publishing it today. Uh, today, as we're recording this, so it will be uh, already available. The, the, the episode before you is a uh, DevRel in in Africa, uh, in Nigeria, um, where and we talk about uh, you know the, the challenges of of being a DevRel there, and you know it's things that you don't even think about. The fact that uh, actually we need to create uh, content that's consumable by phone because. Uh, you know, not everyone has the internet. Most of the internet comes from this phone, and you have very small data plans. So you have a, you know, you have a, a webinar without thinking about it uh, over here. But actually, that's uh, half your monthly data gone into to that webinar. So how can we, uh, you know, create content that's friendly in that way? Which I mean, it's really interesting when you dive into these complex uh, problems. And uh, I know you said at the start that you try and be positive about this when we're talking about climate change and there's a lot of negativity around this. But at least I feel in DevRel, we are in control of a lot of things. We uh, are, yeah. Ourselves, which is which is really cool. And I think that comes with a bit of uh, responsibility that we have to uh, take on in a way. No, very much so, yeah. If, if we are not a change, who is going to do it, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I have a question. Do you think, where do you think we're going in terms of conferences? Do you think we're going to head back to the, um, the in-person conferences completely? Do you think we're going to kind of live in a hybrid model? Or do you think that, uh, I mean, we have got better at online conferences. 2020 was a rough year. If you attended any conferences, <laughs> there was a lot of bugs. There was a lot of down. There was a lot of 404 errors. Uh, you know, but we're getting better at it now. Where, where do you think we're going uh, in, in conferences? Um, that's a, that's a good question. I'm not, so I, I can tell you what I see. Um, I'm looking into, well, we're, we're looking in sponsoring quite a lot of events this year at IDN. We want to improve our tech branding. 
uh, and we want to meet a lot more people. And I can tell you that I know that sponsorships at conferences, they just go like crazy. Like if, if you're two weeks late, there's no spots anymore. So I know that there's a big, big demand uh, from companies to you know be physically present again. I also know for sure, and, and I think it's gonna, I haven't, I've seen that constantly for through COVID, online conferences don't, you know, I was at FOSDEM this weekend and actually FOSDEM was a quite positive experience all over, overall compared to others uh, that I've had, um, but the interaction's just not there, um, you know, and I don't think the, the 30 minute format where you present a talk and then everybody's listening makes a lot of sense, at least to me, in a virtual conference, while you can have the same thing with a better post-production and a higher uh, quality on a YouTube video. Um, I do see personally a lot of value with what we're doing right now. For example, podcasts. I listen to a lot of more podcasts or panel discussions or you know alternative formats. Uh, Twitch, like I've, I've done some uh, online Twitch streams and you start getting this interaction a bit more when you have people around and, and you get to discussions and things like that. Uh, but I, I think physical conferences are here to stay because that's where you, yeah, that's a social gathering. Like we're, we're humans after all. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the short version. You know, we're, we're just humans. We need social interaction. Yeah, really interesting. Not that, not the answer I expected. I expected... Uh... Uh, in-person conferences should go forever, but I, you know, I, I like, I, I like that you, you stick to your, you stick to your, your logic and your data. You, you don't, you don't carry away with, with the. Uh, There's the no point being a zero. You have to yeah. look at the market, and uh, even myself, I will, I, I can't wait to start my meetup again. It's been on hiatus for two years now. I can't wait, but again, you can, you know, I, I can go to twenty conferences a year. Um, Coming back to my emissions, I'm sorry, it's it's a bit of a <laughs> of a trope. But uh, if you're taking the train, you can go all year round in Europe and then still expand less than if you go to React JS, uh, like React Conf once in San Francisco. So yeah. you don't have to yeah stop it. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. I think we just need to kind of uh, uh, localize localized and i like your idea of having localized DevRels, and it's a you know perhaps perhaps we we will see more freelancers in local areas spin off i see i see those like uh, it, it maybe i'm wrong but i feel like those the vox days for example compared to devox vox days i see new places popping up um so i, I feel like localization is a thing um because there's still a lot of you know quarantine aspects and things like that depending where you want to go and some countries being closed off so localization to me is great and it's also nice to, I mean, as much as I love seeing the rock stars from the US and Josh Long and things like that, it's also nice to be very close from your local community, I think. <laughs> and we can also see the rock stars, uh, you know, on YouTube. It's obviously not the same. We're not going to read it, but we're still going to be able to uh, to be able to get access at least. I will still get to see them. I'm not worried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, now, quickly, I just want to touch on, uh, on a, I'm just going to go on a little side divergent now because you mentioned it. Yeah. Um, Twitch streaming. So this is something yes. that I've done. Um, I felt like I was screaming into a void. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I haven't done it since. Uh, you know, I tried it. What, what, what has been the reaction to that? What have you found that? kind of worked on that and, and and how do you go about getting an audience on Twitch? Right. 
So first of all, I want to start by saying um, everything that I've been talking about so far hasn't been, it has been before my ID time. Since I joined IDN, uh, actually I've been uh, the only developer advocate. There was a lot for me to do, so I didn't have time to really, um, you know, generate a community like I was doing before. So a lot of the Twitch streaming I do, a lot of the meetups are to a large extent on a personal level. Um, and um, so I've been doing a bit of Twitch streaming as a way to force myself to start doing some code in the evening. <laughs> uh, instead of you know, <laughs> watching, watching a movie, going on Twitch is, is a good way to just, okay, now I'll commit an hour or two and, and then just start doing stuff. Um, I think looking at people code is a little boring, to be honest. I don't do it myself, so I don't see why. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, no. But I mean, uh, I get it. just for two hours, like if you if you are de demoing something specific and you've prepared it, but the live coding, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, if you're not, uh, you know, the creator of Minecraft, I don't think that really works. Um, though there's people watching. What I've been having success with, and I really liked the format, and we should do it again, is we were talking about topics like, um, yeah, kind of controversial topics to a certain extent, like is DevRel, is DevRel, uh, you know, are DevRel really um, having, author like, uh, what's the way to say it in English? Uh, give me a sec. <clears throat> like, you know, DevRel hasn't, uh, DevRel usually hasn't been pushing prod for five years. Like, how is he relevant again? Like, is he still relevant? Th these kind of topics where you, you don't really have an answer, you just have opinions and data. Um, what we were doing is having, we started at three people and then we were having an open, like we just had the link of the StreamYard in the Twitch comments. So people could just hop in and then start giving their own opinion. Um, and that was nice actually, because there was, there was creating this kind of a like discussion vibe that was a bit open. Um, and I really liked that because of the interaction it creates. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that's really interesting. I just always like to kind of hone in on some technical elements of it because yeah, go um, for it. It, it could be it could be such a challenge when you there's so there's so many things that you can do as a dev role, and you are the, were the first uh, dev. Well, it was someone when you when you when you started, but I think he immediately left. But you know, like so, you're by yourself. You go, okay, <laughs> what what do I do? Like, right. like let's let's try this. And there's so many options. And then you know, it, uh, sure. Uh, if, if you want to talk about IDN specifically, uh, I've been a lot more focused on. So IDN is a very large company with a lot of, or very large. I mean, in, in terms of the amount of customers we have is, is quite large. We have several products and it's just too much work for one person. I'll be honest. We're actually hiring mm -hmm. three more right now. Yeah. Um, let, let, let's, 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 let's talk about the IDN yeah, and, uh, and that because, because as you said, you are hiring. So there is uh -huh. some, uh, so there might be some people listening that are interested. Um, <laughs> Definitely, look, newcomers as well. You don't have to be a dev advocate. We are, we are very much searching for people trying to switch into DevRel as well. Yeah, I mean, Adian is a great company. I knew of it before I knew of it because it's always on my credit card statements. But you know, what we've touched a little bit on what what it does, but you know, what what does Adian do? Who are the customers that that you have? Yeah, um, we're a payments, payment, like we're a PSP. Um, and, and what we do is we're in the background when, when you're buying, when you're buying something online or when you're buying something in a store, we need, we're in the background, we're the one processing the payments. Um, and we do have quite a lot of customers. I, I can't name them all, but 
I can tell you that there is an extremely high chance that you use IDN every day. Uh, you know, from from SoundCloud to uh, what's what's it in your uh, Just Eat? You know, Taz Bazaar. Um, to um, I, I don't want to make mistakes, but I think Spotify as well. Like in in all of the um, Nike, you know, nothing is yeah yeah in, massive, in all of the industries. Companies. Yeah, um, and for me, so first of all, it's my first experience in DevRel, and it's what's interesting about IDN is we're um, I don't want to use that word, but I'll use it anyways. An exclusive company, as in you can't go online and try the product. You have to go through the sales team. Um, and that makes a developer advocate's job quite interesting because I'm like, what am I? I can't go easily on a conference and say, hey, here's our product. It's very nice because that. And then people go home and they want to be excited and they can't try um, at the moment. Not saying it's not going to change. But that's so it's been a lot of figuring out. Um, and at the same time, we have a growing user base every day who are very tech savvy and they want to know what's happening and they want to see stuff online. So we do have open source. We do have SDKs. So in one hand, you have a, an extremely active community who's trying to get their job done. And on the other hand, you have the untapped potential of people coming from outside, trying it out or wanting to try it out and they can't. <laughs> um, and uh, that's, that's what I've been trying to look into uh, for the past six months. Right. So you're not like you know, Stripe, for example, where you can just link it up with your application and use that as your payment system. Uh, Adyen is, is much more exclusive in terms of, you know, like it, it's it's kind of set up for these large customers and there's a relationship. When, at the moment, when yes. Um, at the moment, yes. And um, not saying it's not going to change tomorrow, but uh, it, it, is, it is what we are at the moment. And that's, you know, directly the... And now we're going into a product discussion, so it's you know it's maybe some people would answer better than I do. But directly, when you think at the end, the direct person, like company you think about is Stripe as a as a maybe a competitor. I would argue we're not competitors because we are not serving the same type of company. Mostly, of course, there's like overlap, but um, when you go through a sales team, you're not attracting the same kind of companies. Uh, or when you go through partners. But of course, you get compared directly. Uh, and that's interesting. Um, one of the things I wasn't expecting, and I've learned a lot of uh, about the last month, is developer experience. I had never heard about that before. I was in product teams in software companies, and now I hear about developer experience and friction. And it's interesting. And, you know, it's... it's I, I can't not say that Stripe is one of the... Uh, light in the industry today in terms of API, you know, like a lot of people take them as an example of developer experience and there's a lot to learn from. From And I, I saw you had Postman as well. I was listening mm. to your Postman episode yesterday. This is also, you can't you can't go without mentioning Postman in, in terms of yeah. API uh, today. And there's a lot to learn from a lot of players in the area. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's developer experience. That's great. I, I, I have not like kind of explicitly heard that before because we always think of user experience but developer experience is uh, yeah, incredibly important i mean at gig guardian all of our customers are and all of our users are developers so, so you know so the user experience is a developer experience but uh, it's so uh it's such an, an interesting topic to go down and I, I find it interesting because when we think of devrel you know we're thinking about you know as part of sometimes the guy the marketing team it's about brand recognition and getting out there. But if you are kind of part of this exclusive club, it makes your job a bit more difficult as to 
uh, get that recognition and to kind of expand and what you do. And people do, I mean, as we, we touched about it at the beginning, the people today, you're a developer, right? I mean, you're using product X at home. You're going to use Netlify. I'll take Netlify because they, they're, I, I just love them to bits. Um, you go home, you have Netlify, frictionless experience, best thing you can do. Like the settings, you just, they are, nowhere, they, they are where you expect them and things like that. Um, it just works. The, the community is there, documentation is good. And then you go at work, and if you use a tool that you just expect it to be as good, uh, so you are compared to consumer products today um, in terms of developer experience. And I think we're doing quite well with Adyen once you're a customer. Um, but the expectation is there. In the same way today that the consumer doesn't accept that a government uh, Android app is much worse than Uber or Tinder, you know, mm. the, the industry set the standard today. The consumer industry sets the standard, and then you you have to follow the train. Yeah, yeah. So there's Definitely. a lot to be uh, to be done, and uh, I, I love it. Yeah, and you know, what 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 was it about uh, Adyen that uh, that that drew you there? I know that you worked in ING before, so you have some financial experience. Is this something that uh, you know, like, uh, is 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 deeply interesting because it comes with a set of very unique challenges when it comes to developers and development. It's a, it's a very complex puzzle. Um, yeah, when is you're that? Tell me in these areas. why. Well, you got a lot of regulation to go through. Then right. there's huge, huge security concerns with mm -hmm. when we're dealing with payment systems. You know, so for example, um, you almost need elements of zero trust by default because can you really? You know, uh, I just published a video on the, the Twitch breach, and we found you know, five Stripe keys inside the, the, you know, the Twitch database. So, you know, you have these, these huge concerns. So it's very complicated in the sense that they're, the way that you need to build these systems when you're dealing with finance is not only like a concerty concern, but it's also like regulatory concerns and then it's compliance concerns. And then that's both for you and the customer. And then on top of that, you're trying to make developer experience nice <laughs> so, so it's very complex very complex puzzle you know like that, that i that i go through it you know um we love postman we love the experience that they do but do they have the same challenges that adian or, or stripe has to be able to achieve that so luckily uh <laughs> Very smart people that are much smarter than I am have been thinking about those problems and have solved them for us. Uh, we have we have brilliant engineers at it. So you, you asked me what drew me at IDN, and, and um, interestingly, finance is part of it because that's you know a bit of my background for the last five years. Uh, but it wasn't the main aspect. I, I'm not a finance uh, geek by any means. Um, I, I had an extremely good manager. He left actually uh, this month, but uh, the, the manager who contacted me was was amazing. I've, I've learned so much from him for the past six months. Alexei, uh, he works at a startup now. Um, and the second, well, there's a few reasons. The other reason is um, back when I joined, we had uh, Deepu, uh, who is now developer advocate at, Act at Octa. He left shortly after I, I joined, but Deepu is someone who I would who I'd consider, and he's extremely technical. It just was named Java champion, by the way. Um, yeah, um, he's extremely technical and I have a much more of a community background. So I was like, okay, we're two faces of the same coin and I can learn from him and then I can help him amplify what he's doing. So for me, that was the combination of talent that was that made it really interesting. 
Um, and Adyen has this, we're still a startup. Uh, there is a strong, still, I guess, avoidance of process. Like people are intrinsically motivated. They just come to work and they do the right stuff uh, and they do it right. Um, and I really loved the experience of interviewing at Adyen because of that. You, you see it, it transpires through. And I think as a DevRel there, I can help share or I can help amplify that expertise that is inside the company. We haven't touched upon it, but that's really something that I love. I, I'm, I'm not someone who loves podiums. I love creating opportunities for others. And I think there is so much knowledge and expertise at Adyen that hasn't been shared yet. Um, uh, in terms of technical knowledge purely, but also in terms of capabilities and what we can do with the products. Um, and, and that's what that's what I'm really looking forward and doing every day, and I love it. Yeah, cool. That's a great answer. <laughs> but and as we did briefly mention, there are some job openings, so you are expanding yes. the the DevRel uh, community. You know, any profiles particular that you're looking for? Who should who yeah. should apply? Um, so we're actually having three job openings in different um, different branches. We're searching for someone who's more of a data background because um, we have data data products, data related products to help you know improve authorization rates and things like that. We uh, are searching for someone uh, more in the plugins um, side, so you know WooCommerce, BigCommerce, these kind of things, PHP background, um, because we're working a lot with those and we don't have the expertise yet in house. So those two other profiles that are a bit difficult to find because they're a bit of a five-legged ship, I say, we say in France, you know, uh, a bit of a e-commerce experience, but also social uh, social uh, appetence, and then you know you make a profile out of that. People are very welcome to join. You don't have to have everything today. Uh, we're searching for someone. We're, we're looking for potential, uh, really. And uh, another profile just like me, basically, just to power more through uh, through more content and then be able to do more samples and guides and uh, demos and all of those things that we're missing today because there's just too much. Cool. Well, that sounds like a, a, an awesome opportunity. Well, I, I guess we're, we're coming to the, the end of the podcast. Yeah. So, Julian, if people want to uh, be able to follow you and, uh, you know, learn more about you, are you on social media? What's the best way for people to be able to find yes, you? Yes, and I have the most you? complicated French name. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, if you type J and then Langrand, uh, you're going to find me on Twitter. Uh, I think Twitter is where I'm the most active. Um, okay. Yeah. So that's the puzzle for today. How do you spell long long? Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. exactly. Are you are you so you are you uh, French or Dutch yeah. or? Yeah, I'm French. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there you no, no, go. We're, we're French from France. Oh, nice, nice. Well, you know, look, it's been a pleasure having you here, um, and I look forward to kind of following your journey and uh, your the talk that you did on. Um, uh, the environmental impact, sustainability. Yeah. Uh, that's available, I believe, on YouTube. I think I've, it, it is. Uh, it was at the Google Developer Group. Uh, I think Norway, um, and I'm. I'm uh, it was also at JFL, by the way. So I'm, I intend to do it more. So if you want to chat about it, then do reach out. Um, I'm really happy to discuss with others. So, yeah. But if you Google it, you should find it. Excellent. How can well, I do as a? How can I? What can I do about climate as a developer? Is the title. I highly recommend it. I'll share it on my socials anyway. But um, yeah, no, it's been great to great to have you here. Thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. Thank uh, you. So, 
And uh, I look forward to being able to discuss that in the future and maybe uh, doing a follow-up. Yeah, we do have to get a beer anyways, right? Now that we know we're five kilometers apart. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, yep. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely. I want to see this garden. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yes. That's impressive. All right. Well, until next time and until we get that beer, uh, good luck, all the best. uh, Thanks a lot. Cheers. Thanks, Julie.